When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, new customers, you can use promo code DNVR to place a $5 NBA Moneyline bet. And if that hits, guess what? You're going to get $200 in free bets. All you got to do is use promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. I am your host, Patrick Lyons, and on today's DNVR Rockies podcast, we have a wonderful and exciting conversation with Stephen Rice of the Fresno Grizzlies. This guy, for the last two years, have seen some of the best Rockies prospects around. Guys who are going to be at Coors Field sooner than later. Ezekiel Tovar started 2021 in Fresno. And by the end of the next season in 2022, this September, he had debuted for the Rockies. So we are going to have a nice conversation about all those guys and more. There's so many of them to mention that the top 30 list cannot even contain all of them. This really could be one of the best classes that a low A team has had in Rockies history. We'll get to all of that and more. Of course, we should talk about Tovar himself. Hey, boom, he's an Eastern League all-star. We heard about Sean Bouchard and Winton Bernard becoming Pacific Coast League All-Stars. Well, Ezekiel Tovar, the 21-year-old shortstop, Major League Baseball's 27th overall prospect as per MLB Pipeline, was named to that All-Star team in AA. He was also named a top prospect or the top prospect in the Eastern League. Only one of those was given out uh, for best overall player. Posted 318. 386, 545 slash line with his 13 home runs, most of which all came in the first half. We know he was injured with uh, with a groin strain for about two months. Finally debuted on September 23rd at Coors Field. Two hits in two pitches. 
the legend grew with a home run on October 5th, second uh, to last day of the season, the, the penultimate day of the 2022 regular season, homering off future Hall of Famer Clayton Kershaw. So big things ahead for Ezekiel Tovar in a year in which conversation in the offseason in the hot stove league is very much about the top shortstops that are available. Trey Turner, Dansby Swanson, Carlos Correa, uh, very similar to last year as well with still Carlos Correa uh, being put out there. Trevor Story, Javi Baez, all of those guys. Rockies in a good position whereby they've got their shortstop of the future. They don't have to spend 20, 25, maybe even $30 million for their shortstop. He's going to be making the league minimum or the rookie minimum next year, uh, assuming that he does break camp on opening day, which seems pretty much like a lock. Major League Baseball Executive of the Year as voted during the GM meetings that's going on right now. It's much more of a low-key event than the winter meetings coming up at the first full week of December, starting on Sunday, December 4th. GM meetings is just kind of the time for GMs to get together, talk about more business than anything. It's something that even uh, as recently as about five years ago, didn't get covered very much. There wasn't a lot of news that came out of that, but baseball trying to very much be like the NFL wants it to be a 12-month-a-year a sport, around-the-clock news. It never stops, so that's what's happening right now. A lot of discussion about the Astros general manager. Guy just won a World Series, went to back-to-back -back World Series in James Click, tried to really right the ship after Jeff Lunau and A.J. Hinch, you know, those guys that were in charge, of course, during the sign-stealing scandal. James Click rights the ship, brings in Dusty Baker, but he's got one year left on his deal. And we're going to have to wait and see what happens with that. Very strange to think a guy who just won the World Series might be out of a job pretty soon. Uh, but there are going to be 29 other teams, maybe not literally, but definitely a lot of teams that would be very interested in having him work in their front office, be a consultant, or possibly even run the reins uh, as their GM or even just president of baseball operations, as it were. Speaking of free agency, two super interesting names you're going to hear this entire off season and next week might even be Monday. We're going to kind of break down the Rockies off season. This is going to be uh, your cheat sheet Rockies off season. One Oh one. What are their needs? What can they do? What, what are they? What are some of the players they're most likely to look at is trades kind of the best way for them to go about improving their squad. And, and of course, the answer is yes, because we know the challenges of free agency for this franchise, some of that having to do with the ballpark, some of it also just having to do with targeting the right players. So we'll break that down on Monday. Two players that I don't know that we're going to talk very much about here in Colorado, but are very interesting nonetheless are right-handed pitcher Kodai Senga, and outfielder Masataka Yoshida. We talked about Yoshida last week, a guy who, uh, multi-time all-star there in Japan, a 29-year-old outfielder, should be posted uh, in the next two weeks, plays for the Oryx Buffaloes, two-time batting champ. Uh, he led the NPB's Pacific League in OPS the last two years. 201 WRC Plus last season, way more walks than strikeouts. Going to be a really interesting player out there on the market. He, he wants to play for the Phillies, but as we discussed on Tuesday's show with Susie, they have no room in their outfield. They're, they're not even uh, contenders or, or even pretenders to sign 
Aaron Judge. No, not at all. But the other, other interesting name is a guy who, for Jim Bowden, Sirius XM's Jim Bowden, has Kodai Senga as the 10th best free agent in this class. He's a right-handed pitcher uh, from the Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks. He was a gold medalist in the 2020 Olympics. Was also voted on the first team World Baseball Classic in 2017. He's just a regular international free agent. There's no posting fee of any kind. Same is true for Masataka Yoshida, uh, who's not a free agent. But the the whole uh, posting system, which kind of used to be a thing where you know you had to pay to the team in Japan or in South Korea to negotiate their rights. Now it's a totally different system whereby the team basically gets a cut of that contract that you pay uh, to that player. So uh, Sengai uh, has been fantastic. I mean, in in his entire career over in Japan, 2.42 ERA. He has some injuries on his track record, but he's going to get, you know, a lot of consideration from teams. Uh, we know how well Japanese starting pitchers have transitioned over to America. I think the same is true for a lot of the the Japanese and, and even South Korean relief pitchers when they come over. It's it's a much easier transition than uh, hitters, right? Um, and and you know one of the one of the reasons why I said you're not going to hear the Rockies associated with these players. Uh, I don't feel uh, isn't because their price tag is going to be too much. No, uh, for Kodai Senga, the, the pitcher, he, he just might not really want to play and pitch at Coors Field. We know that is uh, a tall order to convince anyone to pitch at 20th and Blake. Same thing is true for Masataka Yoshida. The reason why I think the Rockies are going to be out on these Japanese players, they've been out on players from Asia for about 15 years now. Outside of Sungwon Oh, who they brought in uh, in a trade from Toronto, in uh, at the 2018 trade deadline, he stuck around for 2019 as well. So he had another year left on his deal. Other than that, the, the previous Japanese-born player on the Rockies, 2007 second baseman Kaz Matsui. So this has uh, essentially been a player pool. The Rockies have, for the most part, stayed out of entirely. So uh, I really think that's that's going to continue here uh, for better or worse. Now. In the conversation you're going to hear uh, between me and Stephen Rice, a lot of comparisons are floated around. Uh, we've got a, a young pitcher who is going to be possibly the next Pedro Martinez, a hitter that uh, is is putting balls out outside of the strike zone, like a Vlad Guerrero Sr. Now, again, these are two Hall of Fame players. Uh, I've I've even said, you know, Zach Veen and Larry Walker. I see some uh, comparisons between those two guys, another Rockies prospect and a Hall of Famer. We definitely need to pump the brakes because these guys, even if they're multi-time All-Stars, you're going to be happy with them. I mean, think about Troy Tulowitzki, how big of a prospect he was coming up in the Rockies farm system. And even in spite of those injuries, you look and you say, wow, he was great. You would have hoped for a little bit more again with the health, but this guy was great. Was he Cal Ripken great? Was he a first ballot Hall of Famer great? Like Ripken Jr., no, that's why these comparisons are just so hard to really put on those these players. But uh, you're going to hear a lot of names, and we don't even get a chance to do justice to all of them because right now, if you look at MLB Pipeline's top 30 prospects for the Rockies, 13, 13, nearly half of those prospects came through Fresno this year. We're talking number three prospect, Adele Amador, 19 years old. 
First overall uh, pick for the Rockies last year, Gabriel Hughes, number five, another young guy in Benny Montgomery, number six, Sterling Thompson just drafted number seven, a, a 19 turn 20 year old warming Bernabel number eight, Jordan Beck, number nine. I don't even think we mentioned him, to be honest. He's a top 10 prospect for the Rockies. That's how loaded this conversation and the Rockies farm system is. They're still a few years away. It's one of the reasons why you don't hear about them really as a top five farm system. You're starting to hear about them as maybe being in and around number 10 as far as farm systems goes. And again, that's because their players are so far away. It does give the Rockies a lot of trade capital. That is going to be something very interesting that we see going forward where you might even suggest they have too many catching prospects right now, right? And that could be uh, one of those areas of depth and strength that they can trade from, uh, similar to uh, a deal back in, I want to say, 2015, when they traded two catching prospects, two, Jose Briseño, uh and someone else. Uh, I can't think of off the top of my head that that didn't make the majors, and they ended up getting uh, uh, a nice relief pitcher from Atlanta, David Hale. You might remember him. So, look, you can use that strength as a really fantastic trade capital, and you're going to hear about a lot of these guys, most of which I think you will see uh, debut for the Rockies. Uh, if not in 2023, you could see them late in August, September of 2024, uh, but certainly 2025 is really when you got to start getting hyped for the Rockies because Zach Veen's already going to be there. Drew Romo should be there. Guys that are uh, that were on Fresno last year or even two years prior, uh, players that are, are in AA right now, Get ready for them coming forward for the Rockies in 2023 and beyond. And get ready for some fantastic watch parties coming up down on the corner of Colfax in York at the DNVR bar. It's always popping off. Even if you're not a member, you are more than welcome to come down. Three o'clock is when we open every day for the World Cup. We're going to open up much earlier than that as we are the watch spot for Crunky Sports Entertainment. Boom. We are that location all throughout the World Cup. I'm very hyped for that. Really looking forward to hanging out with everybody down for those events. But we've got watch parties going on for Nuggets and Avs, including Broncos. You know, we even have the Broncos tailgates just outside of Mile High. And if you're a member, which now it's only 50 cents for that first month, you actually get a price break at DNVR Locker on all of those tailgates. We're going to give you extra raffle tickets at our watch parties. And if you're ready to go all in with an annual membership, you do, of course, get a free shirt from dnvrlocker.com. Breck Brew, Broncos country, it's still that time. Big win in London, right? They still have a lot to prove. Uh, but if you're ready to, if you're still all in on riding with Russell Wilson, you might as well ride with the hometown craft beer of the Denver Broncos. It's the Broncos country pale ale. Show off that colorful Colorado legacy with the Orange Crush logo. It's fantastic. And it also has 100% Colorado ingredients. It's going to be your go-to for football season. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at www.breckbrew.com to find a Broncos Country Pale Ale near you. And Nuggets fans, you've already been in on the action. If you haven't already tapped in to betting at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, well, we got to let you know that now is a great time to jump in on that action because new customers, you can turn a $5 NBA Moneyline bet, a simple $5 bet, into $200 in free bets if 
your team wins. They also have got some really cool stepped-up same-game parlays, which allows you to double your money. You get 100% back in your winnings with the stepped-up same-game parlays. You can do that each and every day. Today, though, you should download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code DNVR, whereby if you make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet this week, you're going to get $200 in free bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook and only with promo code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Joining me today all the way from California, so delighted to have this guy join us today, Stephen Rice from the Fresno Grizzlies, head of the Baseball Communications Department. Stephen, great to see you again after finally getting to meet you uh, late in September this past season. Hey, thank you so much for having us. This is amazing. I mean, it was great seeing you guys. It's a little colder than it was when we I saw you last in Colorado. I mean, I heard it's some snow over there. Snow, and then on Tuesday, it gets in the 70s. So, I mean, oh, that's beautiful. Colorado. I don't need to tell you, uh, and for anyone that, that doesn't know your backstory, Stephen, you are the perfect guy in all of the Rockies world. You're more perfect in the Rockies world than me, I would say. Not to say that I'm perfect. But it's just to say, not only are you at the forefront of all these top prospects coming through the system right now, but you're also a Colorado native yourself. You are perfect, Stephen. Oh, I mean, I, I try to be, you know, as much as I can. But, you know, it's it's so funny, you know, growing up in Colorado and now get a chance to work with Rockies prospects and get to meet people in the Rocky system is a dream come true. I mean, I remember when I was a little kid, always, you know, going to Rockies games at Coors Field and being around so many Rockies fans in school and now get a chance to be a part of it. I mean, all my friends are jealous about it. It's, it's an absolute blessing to be a part of it. Yeah, that's amazing. And you're from the Colorado Springs area, so you've got those Sky Sox memories just like myself. Do you, do you have a favorite Sky Sox moment or just uh, something that you uh, in, in, envision whenever you, you think of uh, security field? So I actually used to work for the Sky Sox. So I actually was a clubhouse assistant uh, back in the day before I actually worked for the Fresno Grizzlies. So I used to work for Steve Martin in the visiting side. So I actually would get to meet uh, you know, Carlos Correa, when he was coming through the system with the Grizzlies, when we were part of the Astros, um, I got to meet guys like Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, and then guys that were on rehab assignments from Carl Crawford. That was when he had signed his big deal with the Dodgers. Um, also getting to meet guys like Nate Freeman, who was uh, has the iconic photo with Jose Altuve. Freeman was the 6'10 guy. Altuve was, you know, his little small self. And, you know, so many memories, you know, working with it. But the best thing about security service field was the chance of just being in the altitude and seeing the balls fly. I mean, I saw so many home runs get hit in that ballpark and now gets a chance to be with college athletes. So still being a chance of part of uh, baseball and seeing the chance of people growing. I mean, so I love course. I love course field, love security service field, love the sky socks, love the Rockies, everything Colorado. Is, is the green and black and white and silver, is that your favorite iteration of, of Sky Sox logos? It's mine. I, that, it I have to it is, it. 100%. Oh, it's not even close. I mean, I think when it became blue and red, it was cool, but that's not what, you know, core, or what the Colorado Sky Sox were all about. It was all about the green, and that's how I knew it as. So when my dad was coming in as a coach, you know, it was the Sky Sox were green. That's what it was all about. I remember Brad Eldred coming in the green. It looked really, really cool. 
Yeah, there's there's a great photo. I think it's one of the cards that Todd Helton has where it just says Colorado Springs across the chest. It just looks amazing in that that script. And it, it seems way further back than the 90s because it's just so iconic and, and almost ageless and timeless. I think the other thing that's so iconic about that ballpark, too, is both teams, when they had to come down to their dugouts, had to walk down a flight of stairs to get down there. There wasn't a dugout and then you get to the locker room. It was straight down a flight of stairs. So I remember just hearing the cleats going down the stairs. And then when it was raining, you know, people were trying to make sure they weren't slipping and you had to run into the crowd. Part of the getting to the locker room was going through the crowd. So you got a chance to get these autographs from all these amazing players. Uh, yeah, I can, it's funny. Cause I can remember one of the last years that the Rockies were in Colorado Springs torrential downpour. I think Chad Bettis was making a rehab start him just trucking it up those, you know, concrete steps going, Man, that's dangerous. I mean, he's going up, so he's going the right direction, but oh boy, oh boy, that's crazy. I remember having to get catcher's gear for Austin Barnes back when he was with the Oklahoma City Dodgers. And I remember going up with his gear. And now remember this, I'm not a big guy at all. So trying to carry a big bag of his gear was just so, so tough. And going up those stairs, I think I tripped one or two times. But yeah, again, going up the stairs versus down the stairs. And luckily, everyone's a lot safer now. And it's a lot safer here at Chancey Park for our players. I love that. Well, you're you have a great ballpark, uh, as we know, uh, former AAA ballpark. So I mean, it's it's got that feel to it, very unique uh, in the California leagues. I'd be remiss if we just didn't start. And in a just very general sense, you guys were outstanding. You won the first half. You won the second half. Eighty three and forty nine. Anytime it's eighty something and forty something. That's just otherworldly as far as uh, winning percentages go. Uh, second consecutive postseason for the organization. That That's, I guess, technically the first time as the Fresno Grizzlies that yeah. that's ever happened. I want to know, how fun was it watching this team? And was it not as fun as people would think simply because the fact the wins were so lopsided? Plus 208 run differential this season, best in all of the minors. You know, it's it's funny that you say that, you know, watching this team was fun. But when we saw that we would have the majority of our coaching staff return from Robinson Cancel to Steve Solis to Nick Wilson and Mark Brewer, we knew we were going to be in good, you know, good hands again. Those guys have tons of experience of not only playing in minor league baseball and major league baseball, but they also know how to coach very well. I mean, Steve Solis was a former manager, you know, and Robinson Cancel, former, you know, manager or current manager and former catcher as well. So we knew we were in good hands, but when you have so many top 30 prospects playing for your team, you know, you're going to do very well. And I mean, yeah, some games got a little boring when you score 18 runs against Visalia over and over again, but at the same time too, winning doesn't get old. And that's something that we love here. We, you know, we've brought in championships when we were with the Astros, when we were with the nationals and now it's just time for the Rockies to win a championship because this is what Fresno is all about is we win, we build winning teams, we get them to the highest level and then there's success. You know, we had five world series in a span of 10 years with the giants and nationals and the Astros. So now it's just a chance for the Rockies to do it. We're all about winning here and we're so prideful about everything here. The fans got to see some amazing players come through. I mean, the list goes on and on and I loved every second of it, man. Yeah, that's been that's been a shift in the organization just a little bit. Instead of focusing on strictly development, we know that's still happening uh, at yeah. all levels of the minors. But yeah. winning and getting used to what it feels like to win and to dominate and to keep putting that uh, the pressure on the opposing team, even if it is a twenty-two to two 
victory, yeah. which you were kind of alluding to there, which which was amazing. Yeah, there were 13 different top 30 prospects that came through Fresno, and there are almost countless others who we haven't seen on a top 30 list, but you know are going to be there in the yeah. next couple months uh, once they do the next top 30 rankings for 2023. But I think the top of the list has to be 19-year-old shortstop, Adel Amador. He was the Rockies minor league player of the year as voted by Baseball America. Uh, he ranked seventh overall in the Cal League in batting, 292 batting average, 15 home runs, smaller guy, but it's pretty impressive. Seven leadoff homers to go along with 26 stolen bases. Really looks like he just has all the tools in the toolbox. He really does. And you know, the funny thing is, is the biggest thing that people don't talk about because you don't really see it is the smile. You know, he enjoys playing baseball. And when you enjoy something so much, you're going to find success no matter how hard you work. And he was a hard worker on and off the field. The batting was there. I mean, for a guy, his, you know, for his stature, he had some pop to all fields. But what was really impressive for me was his ability in the field. And that's something that, you know, you don't see a lot. But a guy that can play second, a guy that can play short, has the ability, has a great backhand, a guy that can read the ball really well, come in and has a big arm for it too. He's turned a lot of double plays for our team. We knew that with him at shortstop, we had a lot of chances to win a lot of games. You know, guy gets first and third with one out. We know that if there's a double play ball and he has to be a part of it, we're going to get out of the inning without giving up runs. And at the same time too, when you have a guy who has the ability to lead off with that many walks, he tied our franchise record for most walks in a single season. And when you have a guy who can lead off, who can get on base, not only with hits, with home runs, but also with walks as well, it's a recipe for success. The rest of the guys just know, all right, he's going to get on. He might steal a base. For all we know, guy second with nobody down, we're going to score 50, 60% of the time, 100%. Yeah, 415 on base percentage. That That's a number that obviously jumps out at you, uh, especially having that kind of discipline too at the lower levels where, hey, there's some swing and miss. That's okay. You're making hard contact. You know, hopefully the, those numbers improve. He's already has that that really keen eye, yeah. uh, which, which is something you can't always teach right away. You had two guys that, you know, contributed in a major way in that first half before seeing them move on to, uh, you know, some, some really solid second halves. Hunter yeah. Goodman warming Bernabeu for Goodman. 36 homers across three levels, most long balls in the rock system in 2022. What was there? It was, I don't know if you have an actual date, but was there a month that you go, when's this guy going to get called up? Look, I want him here all year long, but shoot, he's, he's way better than this level. It wasn't even a month. It was the first week of the season. Wow. Okay. So let me tell you this. So second game of the season, we're facing the Stockton ports. We hit five home runs in that game. And you also alluded to warming Bernabelle. Both those guys did go deep in that game. But he hit a home run to right center field, and the ball hit our manual scoreboard out in right field. That's about 370 or so. But to hit it on the fly, and I remember the guy who runs our manual board out there calls up to our press box and goes, I've never seen a ball hit that hard in my life. And this is a guy who's been around AAA ball players. And when you hear a guy who's seen enough baseball to say a comment like that, you know you have something special. And that was the second game of the season. And the rest of the week, he kept hitting home run after home run, goes off to San Jose where the ball doesn't fly, and he's hitting home run after home run. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, he's not going to be here that long. It got to the point where it was like, hey, if he's not going to get called up, we might as well just keep having him have some fun out here. But he was so much fun to watch. And again, another guy who smiled all the time, his family, his girlfriend would come to games. So he had the support system with him. But the cool thing is besides hitting home runs, 
This was a guy who also knew how to play multiple positions from behind the plate to at first base. You saw his defensive prowess grow every single game at first base. I remember there was a game at Visalia and he took a hard ground ball and he had reflexes that you don't really see nowadays. I don't remember if you watched this past world series, Trey Mancini came in and played that defensive play in the ninth inning, made that huge play. And Hunter Goodman made something very similar against Visalia. And I just go, not only does he have the power, but he has the ability in the field to do something like that. It's scary. And when you have the other side of the diamond, when you have warming Bernabeu, who started last year, uh, he started 2021, the, or he came in 2021 at the end of the season, and he kind of was an up-and-down player. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, he's still 19, you know, at that time. He has a long way to go to figure it out. And then he comes around this year, and he just had everything going well for him. Again, we were at Visalia. We were in extra innings. It's 50 degrees. I'm shivering. I'm wearing four layers on me. And he hits a three-run home run to left field. And everyone just sees it go. And we all look and we're like, okay, this guy has some power that you just don't see at this level or at that age. And to know that he has pretty much solidified that third base position for the lower levels of the system, it's scary. Both these guys are so much fun to watch. And seeing what they did after they left Fresno was even scarier. As you said, with Hunter Goodman and his home run tallies, I mean, we're going out to Hartford in late August, early September, and you're hitting balls out to deep left field with that kind of power. Come on, man. He's he's been fantastic this entire season. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I am yeah. beginning to think that you uh, you've become a true Californian if you're saying 50 degrees is you're freezing. So, yeah, they they've really made me bad out here when it comes to it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Uh, another one of those young guys who stepped up in in place because again, win the first half, you win the second half. You're doing that without Hunter Goodman. You're doing that mostly without Bernabel. Yankee El Fernandez, another one of those young players. Bernabel uh, turned 20 this past year, but Fernandez. Still 19 years old, 109 RBI. We know he got a lot of opportunities, but he couldn't have gotten that many where he luck. You don't luck into 109 RBI to lead the California League. Absolutely. Yankeel Fernandez is a man among boys. Yeah, as you said, 19 years old, but he has a body type similar to Jordan Alvarez, another former Grizzly, just won a World Series with the Astros, has the body type and has the swing to it. And one thing that I noticed about him, the first half he was good. Don't get me wrong. He had his RBIs. But in the second half, Nick Wilson worked on his swing, and he was able to hit pitches to left field more efficiently than I've ever seen anybody from the left side of the plate. This was a guy that was using his lower half so efficiently and so well that he'd be swinging at pitches that were not even close to strikes and being able to put them out there for base hits to left field, using his ability, using his lower half so well, trusting his hands to go after a pitch and be able to get to pitches that you would not expect a guy at 19 year old, 19 years old to get to and his power. I mean, he'd hit a home run. You just knew from the start that it was going out. The swag ability is there. This is a guy that has all the talent in the universe to be able to consistently get a hundred plus RBIs at every stop along his journey to Coors field and 109 RBIs, as you said, it is a franchise record for us, something that's been held for a very, very long time. And to be able to do it at 19 years old says something about what he's capable of doing. And let me just tell you, next year, you're going to see a very cool baseball card with Yankeel Fernandez on it that I think everyone's going to love. So 
stay tuned for that one. That's going to be something we're going to bring out next year. Yankel Fernandez is excited. He already gave his okay on it. And I know you guys are going to love it as well. Oh, wow. That's a teaser right there. Yeah. I'm, I'm down for that. You said it was like a baseball card? It's a baseball card. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we will definitely uh, keep our eyes and ears out for, for that one. Yeah. Because uh, Fernandez, real special guy. Almost sounds a little bit from the clips that I've seen and from your comparisons, almost like a, a young Vladimir Guerrero senior, the way he was able to kind of hit balls out of the strike zone and do it impactfully. Absolutely. And his, and you know, he was someone at the beginning of the year, he couldn't hit an off speed pitch very well. And at the end of the year, he was staying back, trusting his ability to hit an off speed pitch. And it got to the point where Dan Runsler, the San Jose Giants pitching coach and former uh, San Francisco Giants pitcher said, there's not a pitch that you can throw to him that he will not be able to hit. And when you have a guy who has that kind of talent and that kind of caliber saying something like that at 19 years old about a player, I mean, the sky's the limit for this kid, and he can field a little bit too. So, that's those are some serious compliments. And uh, and if I can compliment anyone right now, it would have to be game time tickets. They do an amazing job getting you in on the fifty yard line, courtside, behind home plate. Especially when you wait up to sixty minutes closer to the first pitch, you can get up to sixty percent off the valuation of those tickets. It's fantastic. You should use the link in our description to save. It helps us out. Uh, it's it can be cyclical there, uh, where we can all benefit mutually with Game Time Ticket app. Uh, join over 15 million people who've downloaded the Game Time Tickets app to score the best seats to all your favorite events. And if you can't go to the events, and you're having a little barbecue at home, grilling up, making something on the stovetop, whatever it is, make sure it's Hassle Cattle Company, H A W S E W L Cattle Company. Com. They can ship anywhere in the U.S. in just days. It's the blue-collar American Wagyu because it's top shelf and it's affordable. It's great. It can fit your budget and your recipes. You can check it out at all of our tailgates as well. If you're going to the Broncos tailgate next Sunday against the Raiders, we'll have some of that there as well. Again, head to HassleCattleCompany.com to secure your bag of beef and use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. That's DNVR20 for 20% off. Well, Steven, I want to talk about pitching, but we still got to talk about Benny Montgomery. Uh, yeah. Shoot, uh, had his a share of unfortunate injuries, but puts it together late. Uh, Player of the Week award there uh, late in September. How great was it for him to kind of like get his professional career going and also doing it with a bang? I mean, everyone, everybody on the, on the Grizzlies had almost a career year. Again, this could be yeah. a two-hour conversation. We'll keep it to one and a half, maybe Benny, Montgomery. you know, yeah, absolutely. You know, and Benny Montgomery, you know, this was a guy. Yeah. I mean, unfortunate with the injuries that he had, but it shows that he was a gamer. You know, the injuries that he had, it was him legging out triples. It was him running out ground balls to first base. You know, this was a guy that was willing to put his body on the line every single day. And when he finally was fully healthy, you got to see what he was capable of doing. He tied a franchise record for most doubles in the game with three and he did it in four innings. I mean, when you think about a guy who's, again, under the age of 20, every single guy we've talked about, they're young, talented players. And Benny Montgomery, just out of high school, still getting his feet wet, and he's hitting the ball for power to opposite fields. He's hustling the second base. He's making plays in center field. This is a guy who has so much ability. Player of the month for September is the perfect way to end your rookie campaign in professional baseball. And this is a guy that is continuously going to be better and better. 
when he finally figured out how to hit the ball to where he wanted to, you couldn't stop him. Big power out to right center field, a guy that continues to show tons and tons of ability, but his speed is what's going to make a difference. This is a guy that he can hit a, you know, he can bunt, he can hit a hard ground ball into the hole, and he'll beat out the play almost every time because he's that fast. And when you have a guy who's 6'4", that has the ability to run down the way he does, you have no chance to stop a guy like that, too. He's the perfect number two guy to have in your lineup. He can hit for power. He can hit for, you know, in different spots on it, too. I mean, he hit over 400 in his final, what, 20-something games for us? I mean, this was a guy who had all the ability in the world, and he's a lot of fun, too. Benny Montgomery was so much fun to talk to, big energy guy, and a guy that I could see roaming center field for a very long time in Coors Field for the future. Yeah, fun is a great way to describe him. I remember in spring training, he would there'd be a line of kids, and he'd stop to sign for each and every one of them, yeah. covered in sweat, glove on top of his head. He was beat, but he signed, smiled for all of them. He's he, going back to the baseball cards. He signed some of them, and he has little drawings on it. Very yeah. fun, and I like what you threw in there because I think that's been his you know biggest calling card is that the defense is first and then whatever you get, you know, offensively again, it, it's going to come, it's going to d- yeah. develop over time, but the glove, uh, the range is already there. Arm also really solid. Um, yeah. H- how was his defense overall in center field uh, patrolling the, uh, the outskirts? He got to, he got to baseballs that I don't see a lot of people getting to. There was one game we had, we were dressed up as the Fresno low riders, one of her alternate identities. And he ranged out to center field on a fly ball, uh, from, I believe it was, I believe it was Grant McCray and he ranged out to deep center field on McCray's ball and he went up against the wall and he made a catch and he banged against the wall and he hung on to that baseball. And first of all, to be able to get back on a baseball when you're playing somewhat shallow center in our ballpark is pretty impressive, but then trusting your body and trusting your size to get up against the wall and hang on to a play like that is pretty uncanny to do. I mean, it's something you don't see happen by a lot of people. And as I said, he's willing to put his body on the line every single day, kind of a Jim Edmonds kind of S kind of play that I saw right there. And this is a guy too, where he got to baseballs, but that arm was very impressive. No one was really willing to take a chance when someone was tagging up from third base. And when you can say something like that, it's, it's great. I mean, it's our team probably had the best arms out of any minor league team out there. I mean, from Juan Guerrero to Yankeel Fernandez to Benny Montgomery, all of our guys had really good arms to the plate and it stopped a lot of teams from taking chances against us. And I think that's what helped with the run differential helped our pitching staff. And, you know, Benny Montgomery is just a part of what this whole future of these Rockies are. Yeah. We'll kind of wait and see if uh, he'll be like Brenton Doyle, win a minor league gold glove award. If not this year, certainly has to be a favorite next year. There is somewhat of, somewhat of a roster crunch right now uh, in the Rockies uh, farm system, rule five draft coming up next month on Wednesday, December 7th, November 18th, kind of that day They're They're already clearing room. We saw the Sam Hilliard trade on Sunday guys. We haven't mentioned that need to be placed on the 40 man or else they're available for the rule five. All four of these guys are gamers and are on our players that some teams might be thinking about. And uh, and if they don't get on the 40 man this year with uh, with a year next year in, in Spokane, they, they could work their way on Juan Guerrero in the outfield, second baseman, Juan Brito, Brian Castillo, uh, and closer Angel Shavili. I mean, all four of those guys, they're not going to get a lot of airtime, but those are our four dudes that any other year we would be talking probably a lot more about. 
It, I mean, let me tell you right now, Juan Brito could possibly win MVP for the California League. That's how good of a season he had. And he did it under the radar. And he had a, almost as good of a year as Adiel Amador, as good of a year as Yankeel Fernandez. Juan Guerrero made the play of the year. He was number one on Sports Center for the top defensive play this year. I mean, those two guys alone did so much damage for us on the offensive side and on the defensive side. And yeah, same first name, but if they don't get added, I'm scared that someone is going to take them and they're going to find a gem because both guys have great attitudes off the field. They're very fun. They're very exciting. They're both learning their English too, which is also a huge aspect that people don't realize with these guys coming from the Dominican Republic. And on top of it too, they had good bats. They had good outfield prowess. Amazing. And pitching side, Brian Castillo, I know they're working on his mechanics to get him a little bit quicker uh, with everything. Sometimes he can be too quick with stuff, but they're working on a new mechanical form for him. Guy throws 97 to 100. Are you kidding me? End of the year, his final three starts, he looked outstanding. He looked like a whole different pitcher from the beginning of the year, and he actually was one of two guys that won a playoff game for us. So this is a guy that can be very big. But the guy that needs to be put on the list right now is Chavi. And it's not even close. Put him on the list now. The kid is the future a future closer. I mean, the guy throws 94 to 97. He has the perfect, perfect prowess on the mound. He's not afraid of anyone. He's willing to attack the zone. He throws strikes, but he has a good mix between his breaking ball and his fastball. And again, another guy under the age of 20 who continues to dominate. He better get put on that list or else I will put him on the list for the Rockies. I will make that decision for everybody. Hey, you're not going to find me arguing with you. Yeah. One home run, one home run in his 23 yeah. games. And it, and it barely got out too. It was on a, it was on a sunny day. The wind was blowing out to left field. And to be honest, it wasn't a game that was already a blowout. He was just eating some innings for us. So, you know, and the guy he gave up the home run to was Tyler Locklear, who is a top prospect for the Mariners. So there's a guy who dominated the zone and looked really good at times. Yeah, and, and Guerrero and Brito, the two wands, 18 and 17 stolen bases, respectively. So those guys can uh, can get a bag if you need to. Uh, one thing I want to talk about before maybe even touching on Zach Veen, Drew Romo, guys from last yeah. year, as well as those pitchers, yeah. is for anyone that doesn't that might not even realize it, let's say, right? Because this is this is kind of the first time guys are really getting put on the radar down there in Fresno. You kind of alluded to it, learning English. This is this is the first time for for some guys in America, uh, and for all of them, this is their first full season ball traveling. It's it's not just going to the complex, uh, Salt River yeah. Fields, driving maybe a whopping forty five minutes to Surprise or something like that down yeah. in the Cactus League and all those ballparks. Like they're they're traveling all around the state of, of California by bus. Uh, they're they're rooming with each other. Like this is yeah. a transition period for these guys, and that's an element that is is unique to really any other level because. By the time they go to Spokane or Double A Hartford, they've done it already. So it's it's a little bit old hat. But this is is brand new for those guys. Yeah. Is there anything you could kind of add to that about you know how that's that's something that goes on behind the scenes a little bit that maybe a player's numbers might not jump off the page as much as you would think because they have other things going on and that's okay. But there's still a lot of hope and a lot of promise going forward for the young men. You know, it's it's funny because people really don't think about this. And I would say, I think I was about 60% of our players this past year were from Latin American countries. And one thing that, you know, you didn't allude to was a lot of these guys don't speak English at all. So when they're coming over here, they're learning not only English, but they're trying to learn rules that are in English. 
So, you know, in the, in the complex, they don't deal with the time clock. So, you know, they're coming over. And I remember in one of the first games of the year, Yankeo Fernandez gets called for an automatic strike. He looks back at the umpire and kind of goes, okay, because he's not really sure what just happened, you know? And it's one of those things where now we're coming in and we're trying to teach you guys a little bit about what U.S. side of baseball is, what it is stateside. And it's something that these players are still learning about it. And when you learn, have these guys that are coming in trying to learn English, but also try to stay, you know, into their own selves, it's difficult. And they get to see some places that they'll probably never get a chance to ever see again. You know, when you travel to Modesto, California, when you travel to Rancho Cucamonga, you know, cities that they only get maybe one or two visits a year to, and they have to, you know, get accustomed to it. A lot of these places we go to super warm. So they're used to the weather, but some of these places got very cold. That game in Visalia that we were talking about a little bit earlier, it was freezing. I'm surprised Bernabeu wasn't wearing a jacket while he was at the plate. You know, these guys aren't used to the weather. And I think it's always fun to watch these kids that do come over because this is their livelihood and they love every second of it. I will never see more people in my life smile than our players that were from Latin American countries or coming over from the complex because they're playing a game that they've been playing since they were a little kid. And I think that's what is so much fun about it is what the Rockies have done over there in that complex is unbelievable. Bringing that talent over there. I mean, we're gonna have Diane in a couple of years. Right. And so, you know, it's one of those things where you see these players come over and they're just, they love every second of it, but it's, it's a lot to handle. You know, they're away from their families, they're away. Some of them have kids, you know, some of them have girlfriends, wives. And when you're away from someone for so long, it's tough. And yeah, now you're trying to learn how to deal with X, Y, Z. But the cool thing is here at the Grizzlies, Steve Solis, our bench coach, one of the things that he told us that he wanted us to help with this year was I want at least one Latin American player to join you guys for every little different corporate event you do or different marketing thing so they can learn how to speak English. And every single guy bought into it. We had a couple of guys that actually became kind of spokesmen for the Latin American players from Luis Amoroso, who I think is also a future Rockies player. He's going to be a stud. Um, he's from Venezuela and he actually started learning English and now he's almost fluent because of it. Ever Moya from Panama, who was one of our older players, he, you know, was willing to start helping the players learn. And guys like Adil Amador at the end of the year was willing to speak English with us. And at the beginning of the year, he was afraid. And seeing these guys come into their own, not only as players, but also as people was just amazing. I love that. Yeah, Luis Amoroso uh, logging the most innings out of the bullpen, 77 frames, 3.84 ERA, which sounds good, right? Uh, just good. But when you consider the California League, how it yeah. is much more of a hitter's league, that's actually quite great. And so, you know, you look at the starting rotation of the Grizzlies this past year and you go, uh, you know, those numbers seem OK. Again, there's so much more behind these players. Uh, that's, that's why I hope you could you could share some insight on. Another teenager, Victor Juarez, uh, as well as a guy from Colorado, literally Castle Rock, Case yeah. Williams, who really you know, took a big step forward this year. It is in his, uh, really his first full season. Well, let's start with Case Williams. So this was a guy who joined us after the trade with the Reds at the back half of 2021. And when he came over, he only won one game among his starts. And this was a young kid who is now dealing with his second trade since he's been drafted and really didn't even have a full year under his belt before he finally came back over here. And I think it was a kind of a, a, a wake-up call for him. It was kind of like, okay, people still love me. They, they trust me. And this is the team that initially drafted me. 
And when he came back over, I think you saw a little bit of, I'm trying to get used to everything still. I'm still a baby. I'm still trying to get a feel of things. And Mark Brewer worked really well with him, and he did okay at 2021. But 2022, Case Williams came in, and not only did it look like he put on some good muscle this offseason too, but he was way smarter right here. And I think that's something that people don't think about is a lot of pitching is just mental. And Case Williams found a way to be very, very strong. When things weren't going well, how can I get out of that situation? Oh, man, I just walked a guy with, you know, back in 2021, he'd walk a guy and all of a sudden it implodes on him. Now when he walks a guy, the next guy hits into a double play ball. How am I going to change my perspective on when things are going bad or when things are going good? And he got confident. And there was one point this year where I was talking with him and he goes, I'm ready for my next step. When am I going to go to high A? When am I going to go to double A? Because he was, he knew that he was at the right path with it. And he led our team in wins and he wasn't here the whole year. But again, another young guy who's been developed correctly, who's going to continue to get stronger up here, has a good fastball, so much fun to watch, a good presence on the mound, and another good guy off the field too. Our clubhouse manager said that Case Williams was one of his favorite guys all year because of his willingness to help around the clubhouse, but also his willingness to be strong on the field as well. And then Victor Juarez, this guy, let me tell you right now, there are not a lot of guys who play Little League Baseball, have that success, go and play in professional baseball, and continue to show that dominance. And I don't know if you've ever seen the picture, Patrick, of the young Victor Juarez in Little League, but it's the cutest thing in the universe. But this is a guy who, if he gains about 15 pounds of muscle, grows into his body a little bit more, is going to be a sensational, sensational pitcher. He commanded the strike zone, has three, maybe even four top notch pitches you know when you have the grade scale i would say that three of his four pitches are grade a level you know and i think that's crazy to say about someone that's that age his curveball in my opinion was the best curveball in all of single a and his fastball even though it only reached about 92 to 93 it was thrown for strikes it was thrown down in the zone and he didn't get beat with it that much yeah his i mean his era was a little bit higher but in the California League, yeah, the ball is going to fly a little bit in some ballparks. He had a couple outings that didn't go well. But this was a guy who dominated, and he trusted his stuff, and he threw strikes. And at this level, to say that you're throwing strikes consistently as much as Victor Juarez was, you're going to be successful. This was a guy that all of our coaches said should have been one of our pitcher of the years, if not the pitcher of the year in the California League. Yes, yeah, so, so many great guys there that uh, that were dealing. I mean, Jordy Vargas, you got to see a little bit. Eighteen on the other end of the spectrum, a guy like Jaden Hill, who's you almost think of him as more of a finished product. Obviously, he had to come yeah. back from the Tommy John surgery, but a guy with a great pedigree uh, should have been a first rounder uh, had he not had the elbow issue there at at LSU. Like you, you got the full gamut of those guys this past year, and then not to mention. Uh, the guys from the 2022 draft class. If you weren't spoiled enough, you say, oh, yeah, you're going to go to the postseason and you're also going to get a chance to to see Sterling Thompson, Jordan Beck, yeah. Gabriel Hughes. I mean, again, this was a year that you could go back and look and say there were more future Rockies on this one team here in 2022 than any other low A season in their 30-year history. Yeah, I mean, the plethora of players that we had that range from everything. I mean, a guy that you haven't even mentioned yet, McCade Brown. 
This is another huge talent guy. The guy has the size and the stature already that he could be pitching up in Coors Field and be just fine. Now he had an injury at the end of the year, but this was a guy that would have been a game one starter. And this is a guy that you can trust uh, to help your back end. I mean, Jordy Vargas is, I'm going to say it right now, is the next Pedro Martinez. Uh, and I will put my money on it right now that Jordy Vargas could be the best of all the bunch. And he's 18 years old. I mean, you're, you're thinking about the amount of players that we had here. And to our fans that never got a chance to see these players, I hope that you get a chance to watch them in a couple of years when they're dominating Coors Field because that's how many of these players are going to be here. And all these guys are not only good players on the field, but off the field as well. And it's something that the Rockies are really big about. Chris Forbes, Jesse Stender, a lot of the things that they teach these guys are how to be good people off the field. You know, we never had to deal with issues, uh, you know, outside of the field. You never had to worry about getting a good interview from the guys because they were willing to do this. They were willing to sign autographs. You talked about with Benny Montgomery signing with the kids. But Jordy Vargas, Jaden Hill, I mean, the, the rotation that we had at the end of the season, Gabriel Hughes coming in to pitch a playoff game for us, I mean, we were literally blessed. And, yeah, I mean, it stinks that we didn't win a championship with this group, but this is a group that knows how to win. Now they have the playoff experience. They're going to go up to the higher levels and continue to build with that same group together. And it's going to be fun to watch. And what I'm most excited about to see, though, is the group that's going to follow even more. Because I heard that there's even more players coming from the complex who, again, got to championship games. The Arizona League team that lost the Giants in the championship team. These are guys who have won at every step that they've had. And it's scary that they all are here and they're going to be in the future in the big leagues. You know, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, last year's Fresno team is now in Spokane, or or was in Spokane. Yeah, uh, th- in twenty twenty. Now they're going up to Double A. Dying George, you said uh, another one of those big prospects uh, coming stateside. And for a yeah. guy like McCade Brown, again, uh, you could look at his ERA and go five point two two. All right, well, it's it's a hitters league, but yeah. the the two numbers that I like most strikeouts. He led the team one hundred eighteen. Yeah, only walked twenty three. That's a five to one strikeout to walk ratio. So for every one guy he walked, five he struck out. So, I mean, balls are being put in play, but he's striking guys out as well. Like, that's amazing. And that's the big thing, too, is he threw strikes and you're going to give up hits and you're going to give up runs. And that 5.11 ERA, two of his games, he gave up eight or more runs. So if you take out those two games, he's a sub three. And he had a pitcher of the year award in June. So this is a guy that dominated on every little step that he had and he grew into be a number one guy, you know, and that's what it's crazy about is he joined us halfway through the year, became a number one guy, had the trust of the rest of the rotation, had a great work ethic. He was the one guy in that team where I was like, if I had a bit of your work ethic or how you prepare for a game, I'm going to be successful. I would have been, I would have been the best thing pitcher possible if I had his preparation that he did for every game. That's that's outstanding. That that's amazing, Stephen. Man, thank you uh, so much for your time. In, incidentally, wait, Zach Veen, hold on, real quick. You saw him last year. You saw what he's able to do this year. He's tearing up the Arizona Fall League. Before this past month, zero percent chance he's on the Rockies' opening day roster. And maybe I'm overhyping it. I'm up to three percent. It's not a lot. Look, it's still a long shot. But 3%, are you taking, do you think there's a better than 3%, less than 3% chance he's on the opening day roster? You know him a little bit better than I do, but he, you will not take no for an answer. He's forcing his way up to Coors Field sooner than later. 
let me tell you right now, Zach Bean is going to play for the Rockies and he's going to play for a long time. Let the kid grow at AAA. Let him go hit all the home runs in Albuquerque first. Let Brenton Doyle get his charge first in the big leagues. Then let Zach Bean come along and do his thing. But first, let Zach Bean go have some fun at Isopes Park. I know they don't have the hill out in center field now, but let him go enjoy some home runs out there first and then let him come and join the second half of the season. I'll say 4%, just to be a little bit higher than you on that. See, here, here you had me going down to two and a half because you're like, all right, you're really talking up AAA. I'll go to two and a half. Now you're going to four. You're raising I'm going the to four. I'm going to raise the ante to 4%. I think if he comes on, has a good spring training. I mean, you have to, right? I mean, with what he's done and the ability, and he's shown it every single step of the way, I mean, give the kid a chance if he comes in and dominates in spring training. But you guys stay healthy, Zach. Stay healthy. Remember where you started in Fresno. So don't forget about the little people in Fresno. That's right. No, he, he won't. Hey, Ezekiel Tovar did it in spring training in 2022. Get your tickets now. Salt River Fields. I'm not saying it's going to be selling out every single game, but it very well could be the Zach Veen show in, uh, yes, in March absolutely. next year. Absolutely. Steven, this is great. Uh, let folks know where they could find you out on Twitter. And, uh, and obviously the Fresno Grizzlies uh, website uh, is absolutely amazing. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Rice Cakes 20. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Add me. We can talk baseball all the time. Um, you can also find the Fresno Grizzlies at Fresno Grizzlies, our website, FresnoGrizzlies.com. Come check out a lot of the amazing articles about all these players we talked about. And if you ever want to chat about it, give us a call. And we'd love to talk about how you can come down at your Chansey Park and watch your future Fresno Grizzlies. I tell you what, I mean, if you're home for the holidays, we'll have to have, I'll have to buy you beer down at the DNVR bar. Like that's, that's a given. We'll have a wonderful. That sounds great to me. That's it. You're you're a perfect ambassador for the for the future of the Rockies because man, it is uh, it is definitely on its way. Appreciate you uh, you joining us, and uh, again, Stephen, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. There you have it. Four percent chance now for Zach Veen to be on the opening day roster, and you know what? The number actually just went up to five percent. Why? Because just now, Wednesday, late morning, Zach Veen, your Northwest League MVP, led the league in stolen bases with 50 runs scored, uh, was among the league's top five in RBI on base percentage in OPS. He did touch double A late last year, did not fare terribly well, but he's more than making up for that right now in the Arizona Fall League. So it, it's already increased. 5% chance on that opening day roster. And hey, look, if you're looking for something to do tonight and you're missing out on baseball, uh, head over to HBO or HBO Max on Tuesday night. The Say Hey, Willie Mays documentary debuted, celebrates uh, his charismatic playing style and, and dives into all the complexities uh, of his status as a, as a black celebrity in uh, the civil rights era. He's 91 years old and uh, is involved in some of those interviews. So uh, that's something pretty neat. Need to watch that myself. Haven't yet, but you got to make sure you check that out and make sure you check us out on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies, as well as at Patrick D lions on Twitter. We'll be back tomorrow because momentum, you know, is only as good as your next show. So we'll see you tomorrow at 11 AM on the DNVR sports YouTube channel.